new recording and then uh, minimize this window. So as far as I can tell, I believe that it's recording us. So yeah, um, so yeah, you've been having a rough time with family over the holidays over being a vegan, right? Yes, but let's intro our show. Welcome yeah. to the Celibate Vegan Voices, the CVV Code. And I am Monique Lukens along with my compadre, Chandler Clabs. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's actually Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Yeah. We're happy Holidays. This on Christmas Day, the day that so many carcasses are put onto the table. Chandler. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Today is Christmas, and it's been kind of a nice day because I'm not working. And yeah, a lot of vegans have trouble around the holidays with their families. And yeah, yeah I got your text earlier. So somebody tried to serve you something you believe was vegan, but you knew it had cheese. You could taste it. Yeah. Do you know the story, The Princess and the Pea? Um. Yeah, actually, that's like one of those those fairy tales, right? Where like a true princess could could feel that there was a pee under the mattress or something like that. Like, yeah. So and, a true vegan usually can taste something that is not vegan, and yeah, oh yeah, we we can. Jarlsberg cheese, and um, I mean, it's besides the abuse, one could say it's a quality cheese. You know, it, it comes from Norway and whatnot. And so I believe the family member thought that it was more ethical, you know, but um, I actually looked it up and unfortunately I thought that at least maybe there wasn't rennet in it, but there is. And um, yeah, the cheese, you know, it, it's just kind of hanging out in the, the cheese bin. And um, now that I, uh, that I had the pizza with it, I um I guess I was a bit curious and I had like that much by itself and now I feel guilty because I'm not a hypocrite. Um, last year it was very hard for me because what happens is I come home and there's not much that I can have and I don't have a car so sometimes I revert to the child and me <laughs> um, but I you know but then like I quickly like stop up but I didn't know that this was going to happen this time because um, I was told that the uh, the pizza you know there was diet cheese and there is diet cheese in the cheese bin and I was asked what do I want and I said some Miyoko's organic vegan cheese and said where to get it but um, unfortunately the family, I guess, doesn't like that kind, which I don't understand how they can't. You probably never tried it, but it's like awesome. Um, hmm. So anyway, I was eating, and like this is this is famous pizza. Like all my my childhood friends know this pizza. They all want to come over and they all want to eat it, vegan or not, you know. And um, yeah, I, I tried it, and I said you know, this is going to be the only slice that I have, you know, because I figured, well, I already, like, took a bite out of it, and what am I going to do, like, throw that piece out, and then the person says, well, um, you know, I'm going to have to throw it all out then, and I can't, like, I can't just, like, pick out the, 
the dairy parts of cheese from the non-dairy parts. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, See, yeah. No, yeah, nobody, nobody would ever, like, for example, nobody would ever expect a Jew to just pick out the pieces of bacon that somebody had thrown in there. You know what I mean? They wouldn't. They, they they would be very offended, and they would not want anything to do with it. The idea that people can mess up, but then it's our responsibility to pick out the parts that they messed up on. It's like, why is the burden on us? And and see, and, and how I feel about this, it's like we've made this clear. Not just you and I, but all the vegans, we've made it clear that first of all. It's not just that these people should be eating their uh, their products of murder separately and not feeding it to us. It's that they shouldn't be doing it either. And that's what people don't get is that this isn't just – how, how many times do we have to try drilling people? So this isn't dietary preference. This isn't this is this is this isn't just like oh well you choose not to rape somebody and murder them but but it's a but that we do like like that each person do does their own thing and I'm like but people don't listen to vegans they never listen to us it's so sad <laughs> no no they don't until they do and then they're asking for all our advice and stuff, yeah you know? yeah true <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but um. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to see that there are record numbers of people that are eating meatless holiday dishes and whatnot. I gave you an article about Great Britain, but where there's something like six million or multi-million people were having a meatless holiday meal. And I thought that that was great. Um, but for those who came from backgrounds that maybe aren't as open, um, and I don't know why you have to be open to it, but, <laughs> you know, from what you just said, but um, it makes it really hard. And I know that there's somebody on Facebook who said she doesn't talk to her family anymore because they just won't appreciate the fact that, respect the fact that she is a vegan and she just doesn't want to see it. But see, I don't want to, I don't want to disconnect from my family altogether. I really don't because I love my family. But what I did put on Facebook recently, and I believe you saw it, is I said, um, from now on, my true friends are, are vegans. You're not my true friend if you're not a vegan. And one of my childhood friends got really upset saying, well, I'm sorry that I can't be your friend anymore because she read my post. And um, if you ever change your mind, let me know. I'm trying. And I and she said something about her health. And well, when I put the post out there, I said, um, if it's due to your taste buds or you know your tradition or religion. So I told her. I said, look. I said I didn't put I didn't put it out there for people regarding their health, which she is like saying that it's her health. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, but, you know, I am not an MD, and I'm not going to get myself in trouble by saying, you know, even if it's your health, you have to stop, because I could get myself into serious trouble if I said that. I mean, actually, regular doctors could probably get themselves into trouble, too. Um, 
Yeah. But anyway, she hasn't been really talking to me since, so I don't know what's going on there. You, you, you know what I you know what I call those people those people who they think you're your friends, and then as soon as they they find find out something you said about veganism, then they don't they don't like it. So then they they you know they're no longer your friend. I call them the trash that takes itself out. That's what I call them. Be, because you know that that because you because truth is you don't want to relate to those people who are if they're going to see some post on social media and then get all offended well <laughs> you know they shouldn't be mad at you what you know what they should have done is they should be mad at this whole society that has raised them from the time they were baby feeding them animal products and that's what yeah. I'm mad I'm mad at this this whole culture in general that has because you know we are we are at the mercy of our parents and they're at the mercy of whatever they're taught and you know all the things that our parents feed us we have no say in all that and it's like you know I, I like here's the way I look at it like in a way I'm kind of glad that I knew nothing about veganism when I was a kid because what could I have done about it because when you're a kid you have to eat whatever you're fed right whatever your family eats you know that's that's kind of the thing um, and so only when you're an adult do you finally have a chance to, to live an ethical life it's sad that you have to wait um, well, you know, sometimes you have to wait longer than 18 years because like you, like you know how I wasn't able to get my own apartment and start living my own life until I was 32, you know, yeah. and yeah. It, it, it's hard when, when you still have to live with family due to financial reasons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and the more family you have, the harder it is because I'm a lucky one because all I have is my mom and uh, my sister who I occasionally talk to and both are vegan now which is cool which is super cool and so some of that some of that is due to my influence and some of that is due to the Seventh-day Adventists how interesting <laughs> yeah right right yeah I learned about um, raw veganism from a Seventh-day Adventist ten years ago so um, there's something to be said about that religion. Um, not all of them are, though. There's plenty that still eat animal products and meat. Yeah. But the ones that are true to it, it's great. Um, it's. I read a while ago that they're the longest living people in America, the Seventh-day Adventists. Be I, I not believe because it. Of that, but because they don't have caffeine, they don't have alcohol. And they really want to take care of their body because they feel that that's part of their, I guess, godly duty, which I, I don't understand why the other religions don't um, don't uh, target their well, attention. Well, you know that. what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because in my experience growing up in mainstream Protestant Christianity, I'll tell you, their attitude is that, oh, don't bother taking care of the health of your body because it's all just going to be destroyed and you're going to be a spirit that lives in heaven or hell forever after you die. So, in other words, the body means nothing. And I will tell you, I became a lot more health conscious as an atheist because then realizing, oh, wait, this body is the only thing I have. Better take care of it, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 the, and the, whereas um, you'll find that a lot of uh, mainstream Christians, they don't care about the health of their body because they're just like thinking that everything is about what happens after they die. And some of them just want to die and go to heaven. They, they want to die quicker. I know those types of people. 
And then, there, you know, people don't care about the environment and reducing pollution or, or climate change because they're like, oh, well, you know, God's going to just destroy this whole world and make a new earth anyway, so we don't have to take care of this one. So, in other words, their religion becomes the ultimate excuse to pollute the planet and pollute their own bodies. And it's really, really sad because, like I, like I shared with you recently, you know, my main problem with religion is it's always used as some excuse to do horrible things. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not about whether or not there's a god. It's not about whether Jesus exists or not. It's it's not about certain interpretations of the Bible or whatever. It's that people they will use anything. They will use anything to justify what they already want to do. It's yeah. it's sad how that is. And I don't know. I mean, I, pe people find find a way to what note whatever. It's like, but why can't we just start our own culture, our own traditions, our own religion? Why not be like Poffo and and start a religion that's about veganism? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's great. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be um, when when paperwork is filed. For like the actual religion that states that veganism, I will have to join it to protect myself. Yeah. Uh, because I feel that I I've had an insane amount of things happen to me that have hurt me economically when I know that I'm doing the right thing. That's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. There is somebody that I met recently. I'll tell you her story. Uh, but first, I just wanted to mention something else about the holidays. So we um, we went over to uh, the place um, locally, and uh, well, we, we stayed away for a while because I was told that there was going to be ham there, and so we decided to go, you know, after the dinner. But we got there towards the tail end of it. I shouldn't say that the tail end because that's that's what I saw. I saw the uh, I saw the carcass, and I was trying to have a conversation with one of them, and I kept seeing the carcass out of my eye. And finally, I started kind of breaking down, like shaking, and said, "I can't, you know, I I'm sorry, I I can't like look at that, you know." And I went and quickly went into the next room, and then I heard the person she was she was wrapping it up, and then I heard my family member say, um, oh, "She's really serious about it." The same family member that, unfortunately, you know, put a tiny bit of cheese on that pizza, and she said that she put it on there because she didn't want to use all of the dye cheese, you know, and. There was, she's an excellent cook. But see, that's what she's thinking about. She's thinking about the cooking part. She's not thinking about the ethics. And look, I know that the person doesn't want to hurt animals, but you know, it's turning a blind eye to what's better for the cooking or the humans or yeah, it, 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 it often know? yeah it all it often becomes more about what's better for them financially. Is what it usually comes down to as well, and it, it's it, it's very sad because I would say the biggest problem uh, 
one of the biggest um, problems with the human race is that a lot of people, they're not intentionally going with a desire to kill animals. No, most people are not, not that sadistic, although there's a few, obviously. Um, a lot of people, they're just eating what everybody else is eating. They're, they're, they, you know, just like I didn't know, they didn't realize animals die in order for them to have their cheese. I had no idea. So they don't have any idea. So I can't expect them to magically know that. It's just that, unfortunately, here's what, I, what I've seen. People generally do not look at unpleasant things. They don't listen to unpleasant things. They don't. Most people, like, it's weird. I've realized that um, there's something very bizarre because let me tell you, I have watched a lot of unpleasant movies. I've watched, um, you know, several movies about abortion, some very horrific stuff. I've seen what aborted fetuses look like. I've, I've watched Schindler's List. I've watched several vegan documentaries. I have seen them hang a cow upside down and slit its throat and the, and the floor fills up with blood. I've seen all of these violent things, not because I enjoy watching things hurt, but because it's the truth. But I realize other people are too weak to look at that. Because if they look at that, it makes them sick and makes them want to throw up. You know, it makes me sick too, and that's why I choose not to support it and not to pay for it. But other people, that doesn't happen with them. It's Their psychology is different. They see that and then they don't want to look at it and then their brain shuts off thinking about the logical conclusion of what they buy, what they eat, and how that causes that thing that they didn't want to see to happen. And it seems logical. If we don't, if we can't look at it, why are we paying for it? It seems Which, What I said to the, the person where I said, you know, I can't look at that and started breaking down and I said, I've seen their, their, their yells. I mean, I've heard their yells. I, they, they, they go to the bathroom. I, you know, the smell. And she said, oh, you know, I, I can't hear that. Yeah. You know? Exactly what I'm talking about. They can't handle it. It's, no. it's like. But I couldn't, couldn't go on because my, you know, family would be like. They don't want me to like talk too much in the presence of people that they've known for a long time, and then they think it's some sort of you know fanaticism or you know like like people who are fanatical about religion, for yeah. example. You know, but the and now the interesting thing is though what we just said: if the paperwork is signed and veganism becomes a religion, then I think I'll be like a fanatic for that religion because. That's the only way that it's going to protect me completely, legally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I believe in uh, a mix of things. You know, you and I have talked about it before. I do believe Jesus walked on the earth, and I still think he's a protector. And I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that, that, you know, with, with the, the fish. fish, I'm sorry about that. Maybe it was a metaphor. Some people yeah. think that it was a metaphor. Well, let's just say that any god or Jesus or whoever worth believing in would have to be a vegan. Otherwise, I, I, I'm not for them, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, um, so I wanted to tell you about a holiday party that I recently had for uh, one of the companies that I work with. And I was able to have a vegan 
commercial, if you would, go out to about 4,000 people in the company, because I, I uh, organized an organic, vegan holiday social. And about 40 came, and um, they were impressed. Now there was one, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna name the, uh, the company or the position, but you'll probably catch on. So there was one uh, person in the company that said that she had filled in um, on a long-term assignment and that uh, students of hers had gone vegan because of her. This person got some sort of an email, I guess, maybe through school email. I really don't know. I don't know, but she showed us. It was redacted. She didn't have a name in there. A few things were, you know, crossed out. Um, and the girl said, thank you so much. I went vegan this Thanksgiving. My mother got upset. And <sighs> to her, right? Yeah. And then made her said, well, you're going to have to eat all these vegetables. And to the mother's surprise, she did. Anyway, that's just to share that um, there are some cultures that are truly angered when they hear that their spawn is not going to have the foods that they're used to. Yeah. I mean, that that's extreme and, you know, yeah, there needs to be some action taken because, you know, obviously. But, um, you know. You well, know well you, know, you know, Monique, it, it has to be said. Somebody's got to say it. Okay, first of all, here's a news flash to those of you who don't know if you don't if you have kids they will do things you don't like they're gonna do things you don't like therefore don't have kids don't have sex be celibate <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 now of course you know we are anti-violence and um, you know when it comes to minors of course you know there's rules for that so yep and uh, and these things have to be uh, reported. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to disclose as, as little as possible. You know. Yeah, I know. But um. But anyway, because that uh, that higher authority let her go for. I mean, look, I understand. Legally speaking, now. We, well, even if it's your religion, you can't impose beliefs on other people when you're the instructor, or you know when you're any you're any like high authority. You can't do that. But if it's fact based, which I believe hers was, yeah, 
what is wrong with that if it's fact based? Well, yeah. See, he, well, here's the here's the deal. Fact. First of all, I gotta say this. First of all, all school is all about the government imposing on the next generation what they want them to believe. People don't realize school is a religion. They are t look. It's first of all. There's, they selectively teach what certain things, and no, and people are given like in school about American history and stuff. They're given a one view, and there's details left out. Everything is very carefully picked what the students will be taught. There are committees and and laws about who will be taught what. Take for example the famous. You probably heard of the Scopes Monkey Trial that you know of this big war over whether students would be taught creationism or evolution you know and that was one of the hugest wars about what will be taught in schools and it's like some tried to suggest a, a compromise where they teach both but everybody is on a war over what children are taught in school because they all have a certain outcome they want they want these children to be taught a certain thing so that they will buy certain products it's all financial it's all business and then the i mean you another thing that's a very controversial thing is vaccines like apparently if you go to public school you have to be vaccinated that's another reason I can't have kids because I'm against vaccines and I would not vaccinate them so they couldn't go to public school, but I also wouldn't be capable of homeschooling them. So it's unfortunately um, being like a teacher in a public school is probably one of the worst things a person could get into just because they, they're only allowed to say certain things. And of course they can impose beliefs if it's what the government- And acting, which I- and I'm in both of those. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you, one thing you and I have in common, Monique, is that we always do things the hard way. Like, we, we, do, we just do things that are difficult. It, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's very sad um, because everyone is imposing a belief, whether they know they're doing it or not. Every time a parent feeds their child um, any any food, they're imposing belief. Any time any book is is read in a classroom or or given as assignment for a reading class, everything is some belief imposed. Now, some things are of course just factual, but those are generally limited to things that we can verify. You know, such as certain mathematics and certain scientific facts and that kind of thing, but. I would say the large majority of what people are taught is speculative. It's it's opinions and, and beliefs that we can't verify as being true or false. And so it's 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 very sad how that is. Yeah. There um there's a book called The Catcher in the Rye and it was, the book was banned for a while, but like this this teenager, the, the main character of the book, he's really not a nice person and he's kind of glamorized and whatnot, and, but it's a classic so it gets to go into a school. And also authors, you know, that were on drugs and had lots of sex and stuff like that, but if they write a masterpiece or whatnot and becomes like classic literature, then their book gets to be read. Is, but isn't it weird? That, but what does that tell you about our society that there are certain books that are banned? What does that tell you? 
that means there's information that people don't want you to see. And you know and you know what happens every single time a government of a country bans a book? People what? people they want to read it. The more they're being they're being told, well, there's this book that we don't want you to read. And the people yeah. people are thinking what is it they don't want me to know? And they become suspicious and they will go out of their way to find that book. Even the Lorax by Dr. Seuss was banned for a while. Did you know that? No. Yeah, I read an, a Wikipedia article about a list of banned books. And that was uh, the foresting industry that wanted to ban that book, obviously. I mean, <laughs> it's just so weird. It, 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 you, cannot, you cannot have um, a society based on facts if people are forbidden from reading certain books. That's crazy. And and like, for example, I wouldn't want the Bible banned. First of all, I want people to read it and know what's wrong with it, <laughs> you know? That's good, that's good, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Well, on my way to um, uh, where my family is, I. I made a pit stop in Las Vegas because it was the cheapest way to go, right? Yeah. I got a $46 room airport shuttle to and from so that it was safe, and I ordered organic vegan, and it went to my room. Yes. <laughs> in Vegas, you know, the lobby was a casino and whatnot, and, uh, and I wasn't falling into any of those traps. I wanted my organic vegan. And there, there, there's some places around, so it was nice. But um, I got to tell you, I was a little bit nervous. So the first airport shuttle, I think that the guy was fishing a little bit. He's like, "Oh, your boyfriend should pay for your, uh, your traveling." You know, I, get, I start getting nervous. You know, as a single female, you just don't know where people are going with that kind of stuff. You know? Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to the celibate thing, um, yeah, in that city probably too, they probably think, oh, single women, because, you know, prostitution is allowed in that city legally. Did you know that? I have heard of that. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, that's actually, so. that's actually a very, very weird concept that, that there are places where prostitution is legal or illegal. That's weird to me. I mean, it's it's never been a concern because I'm not having sex with anybody, whether they're a prostitute or not. So I've never cared about that. But isn't that yeah. weird? I mean, I think that that is so sad. I just think prostitution and porn is sad. And you know, I think more people are getting on the tip. Even liberals who think, oh well, it's the female's choice to do it. Now, most of the time, it's due to economics or they were pushed into it. I think there's far and few between women that really want somebody invading their body, a stranger, night after night to make a buck. And then, you know, I mean, sure, they use protection, some of them, probably some of them don't, but I don't know. Protection is as good as the person that's on top of you. What if, like, they have some skin thing, you know? Yeah. They're not going to, like... You know, it's it's really disgusting. I mean, like, yeah. First of all, even if you were paid for people to have sex with you, like, 
how can it be worth all the negative outcomes of that? The sexually transmitted diseases, the, the pregnancies that could happen, all kinds of horrible things that could happen, or you and uh, some that some violent person they're they're with could be the one to murder them too, you know. And you know there are men like that, like they don't like they take it out on the prostitute, and before you know it, they're like dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and sex and violence they go hand in hand. Yeah. It, it's so weird because that's what I have read countless times about about it being so closely connected and, and testosterone being linked to the high sex drive and also violence too. It's very yeah. bizarre. Even like in the animal kingdom or the insects, you know, from the female point, I know that there's one creature that kills the male after the... Oh the no. yeah the praying mantis. I don't know. I yeah don't yeah I remember I think it was the praying mantis that the uh, the female actually kills the male. Um at, yeah because I think it's one of those things where technically the male rapes the female and she's pissed off so she bites off the head of the male. Because um. I guess because she's in a position to do that so she kills the male because she, she's because she's very I upset. Mean, I don't said that i said good but well hey i mean i wouldn't let me tell you i probably i might have done the same thing if that was done to me you know if i was a praying mantis you know <sighs> so that's where the expression bite my bite my head off yep head that's off. where that comes from it, it it's very it's very bizarre um and i and if i could be getting my facts wrong however if i remember correctly i think it's bees uh, there's a there's a certain species I think it's actually bees where the male dies after it mates. The queen bee, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Apparently, the yeah the male the drones they they mate with the queen and um, and they fer fertilize eggs that way. But then the males die because it it, it it's connect they leave basically they leave their lower half of their body and they die in a short time afterwards. So it always costs them their life to mate. Now, if that happened in human society, then well, the human race would die out pretty quickly because then every time a man had sex with a woman, then he would die afterwards, which would, which, which would mean I'd be the last one left alive. <laughs> Well, this reminds me, I had won a trip to India. It was a veg voyage. And I did not feel comfortable in that country. It's very patriarchal. And I had some scares. And I was with the tour. Okay? <laughs> I, I won't get into that portion, but I did want to say that there was a tribe. Um, I recently found them online. I'll share that, that link with you. It's called something like the Bishnites. And up into the 1950s, they would select the best, good, best looking, strongest man to mate with all the women in the tribe. And this would go on for about, I think it was 11 years. And then I think it was the 12th year somebody new would take over so the old one that was doing that would have to be killed. So that, that sounds like is, a little. That sounds like exactly what happens in, in lion society. That sounds very much like the lions. 
Well, the last one ran away because he didn't want to get killed. And then I believe they stopped the practice. And actually, opium was introduced to that tribe, and then they kind of went downhill from there. But interestingly enough, this concept bred, I guess, good-looking, strong children because they picked the one that was the strongest. In the, but this tribe also, and I don't know how many years it's been, but they go out and aggressively look for people that try to kill animals and hunt animals. They're a vegetarian society, and they will hurt you if they see that you're hurting an animal on their land. But yeah, um, I was there. Uh, yeah, it was somebody that was working for the government that I was got real nervous about, and there were a couple other women in the same thing. Like, I won't get into it, but it was very, very scary. And the guy was good looking and charming, but it was scary. Wow. God, I'm telling you, like, it's just so unfortunate to have to deal with being that aspect of a female. You know, I mean, it, even t tonight when we went over to the people that, that we know, um, there was one person who said a friend of hers went in couples to Mexico and one of them forgot an article of clothing and went back to the hotel and one of the gardeners beat her up uh, she's not sure if she did if he did some other things I think it was a few men um, rolled her up in a blanket and sent her down like a cliff she lived but here she was with like the group if you would but she went off for a moment to get her clothes, article of clothing, and that's what happened. And, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, like, I'm not sure if these, these kinds of things happen so much before. I mean, males have always tended to be violent, and there are certain cultures that have it more than others, but, you know, and it's not, and again, you know, we've talked about this, it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with ideologies, sometimes economics. Also, can they get away with it in the society more? Yeah. If they can get away with it more, then, you know, it happens. Laws could be out there, but if the laws aren't enforced, then... So anyway, it just, it just really is so upsetting because I, I used to do more. But I think it's gotten, it's gotten scarier out there. And also because the more that I'm aware, you know, it just, it just turns me off. It turns me off to want to date. Yeah. It turns me off to want to envision myself in a relationship where I might have to compromise. Yeah. You know? And I, and, and, yeah. So... I, I have to say, like, it would be nice to have a companion, but at the same time, I'm very happy being, like, knowing that, you know, I'm in my own space, and I'm, I'm not compromising, 
know, yeah. myself. Well, the, so, be, the, be, the best companion is somebody who, who lives somewhere else that you don't share the, the same roof with. Basically, that's that that's that's the best way. Because then you have then you ha- then you have you know your alone time, but then you also do things with that other person. I think I think people get along better when they each have their own separate lives. Then they can do things together, you know. But they don't that's have true. To, yeah. Because if you, if you're with anybody twenty four seven, it gets really old after a while. Well, I always would it not always, but I'd say for about twenty five years, I thought. It would be neat to, if I was to be married, if they could have like their own little place and my little place, and it, it could be connected by um, like an underground tunnel, not by a wall, you know, that's too like close, but like you have to go like yeah. into the land, right? <laughs> because then it would be like two separate places. And I and I and I wonder if maybe that could be the trend. Because I don't think that I'm the only one who thinks this, or we think this. Yeah. We like our own space. But just like if you're in an apartment, shared walls, it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's troubling. Like, people living together is not something that they do because they want to, for the most part. It's for financial reasons. Because yeah. if each person has their own apartment, then they each have to pay full rent of a separate apartment. So people, they try to live in the same place so that they can share rent and bills. It's all financial. People do these things for financial reasons. That's why they live together. Not because they want to live together. It's like, and, and, I used, and I used to think when I was a little kid, I used to think, oh, well, let's see. Now, if I grew up and got married, well... Um, I would want my own separate bedroom. I don't want to sleep in the same bed as someone. I was thinking about that when I was like six years old, like and like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like, why do people, why do people live, why, why do people want to be that close? I like my space, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could visit and cuddle, but then you can go back to your own, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh well, man. I wonder if this could be something that architects think about, or like city planners. Yeah. I'm really serious about that. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in Los Angeles, there's so many, or in some cities in general in California, there's so many people, and there's not enough space to rent that... There was one politician that was trying to make single-dwelling homes, building them illegal, and only wanted apartments, like, stacked on top of one another. I don't like that. Huh. Yeah, uh, it's sad. By the way, I have some interesting news. So, um, I published the Kindle edition of my newest book. Um, Actually, it just got published on Christmas, officially. It's weird. Because I've been working on this this book, and it's titled The Vow of Chastity. And I didn't have enough pages to reach the 24-page minimum for a paperback, but I went ahead and did it as a Kindle edition. And I can always update it later if I needed to fix or add something. But I thought, you know, since I'm off on the holiday, why not go ahead and publish it? No, I, I mean, I doubt anybody actually read, will read it, but it's like, hey, it's out there, you know? <laughs> Well, I'd like them to because 
Our message just has to get out there more. Oh yeah. Well, let's uh, let's give a few techniques on how to help for the holidays. Um, I mean, right now I'm a little bit more low energy because of, well, first of all, I'm being quiet because I'm in someone, you know, the family's home, but, um, and I, secondly, because I, I feel bad about the situation with the food. It's just so personal for me, you know, and I have to eat. And I don't like to make, I, I don't want to create conflict. I'm so tired of that. I don't, I hate conflict, you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess let me share, I guess, I mean, how I'm dealing with it so that people that have to deal with it might get something out of this. So, um, well, I say that you can't just shut your mouth about it. Definitely not. You have to state why you feel the way you do. At the same time, if you don't want to have like too much despair and whatnot and conflict, just put it out there in smidgens. Because if you, you know, if you're gonna be rallying the whole time, then. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for you. That's that's what I think. If you want to rally the whole time, all the more to it. But I'm I just I'm tired of that. Yeah. Does <laughs> it, does it ever make you wish you you just stayed home and not visited your family for the holidays? Yeah. It it does. It does. And it's just so sad to me because I love them, but this is like the the biggest issue. The biggest issue is that. Um, what else can I say? I, you and I talked about before, do you really want them as friends if you're not vegan? Well, uh, in my new place that I've been in since 2005, my friends are all vegans. Yeah. They really are, like, I can pick and choose. But when you come home and there's childhood friends and whatnot, I mean, there is something to say about still maintaining those connections. However, you definitely have to put your foot down and I'm repeating myself. Like, you're not the same person that you were and you're not going to be just pacifying and going somewhere where, you know, economically people are gaining by you being there. I'm not going to another restaurant and sitting with a group of girlfriends when I know that there's all like this meat and stuff. And no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'd rather go bowling. So like try to pick places like that that have no food around. Yeah. And you don't have to have some sort of constant dialogue about it. And again, I do feel that you should teach but you know it's it's weird to me like what why is it all of these holiday social gatherings are centered around food like what's (laughs) like what's up with that like to me that's weird like why can't people be like lucas and i like my friend lucas and i you know you know he's not vegan but the thing is he eats with his family 
And then he comes over, you know, on weekends and holidays sometimes. He comes over, we play video games, we have a great time, you know. But we we never actually share meals anyway. We never are eating within the same space. We always are eating before we have our get-togethers. I don't understand why if people want to have holiday get-togethers, why does it have to be people come over to their relatives um, and then they eat a big meal? Why doesn't everybody just eat whatever they want to eat at home and then go do whatever some holiday thing that's non-food related? Why don't they do that? It's a custom thing. I like to know how you feel about your friend um, knowing that you're playing games with him, but when he goes home, he's eating something that you don't agree with. How does that make you feel? To tell you the truth, I feel kind of weird about it. It's it's one of those it's one of those things because it, with people in general, I mean, there's people I might have a fun time with. I might play a card or board or video games. I might go bowling with them or something like that. You know, I might might do fun stuff with someone. And of course, that activity has nothing to do with food, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of interesting how that there's a person that you like, but then you know that something's lacking. Yes. You know, it's like you wish that they, um, you you know, you wish that they could see the truth. I wanted to say something about that. Today I was looking up. I'm not sure why, but. Uh, dating a non-vegan, right? And there was one site that said more women will do it than men. Obviously, because there is more women vegans than men. Yeah. Now, there were a plethora of women that said, you know, great, you know, I changed him to a vegan or um, yeah, he's mostly vegan now or I gotta tell you, I just don't want to get into a relationship and hope and try to teach you to go vegan. I, tr- you know, back, gosh, this was back in mm, 2003 when I was just vegetarian. I was going with someone from Bosnia. He didn't eat meat because of me. And then um, there was one. Yeah, that was the last person that I ever tried that with. There was one person before him that did eat meat. You know, this was after I became the vegetarian. And he used to say, Monique, people need meat. People eat meat. And it was horrible the way he was, like, talking. You know, but I just don't want to have to be your teacher in this area. Because... I mean, I don't want to share a refrigerator with someone who has meat and dairy. I don't want to share a table with someone that has meat and dairy. I don't want that. And however long it takes for them to get to it, I just don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, here's the thing is that, well, okay, here's a good analogy. Okay, now... Typically, I'll, excuse me. I'll be your teacher about it, but I'm not going to be your girlfriend and teacher about it. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, here's an example. Now, okay. For example, let's say that I want a shirt. I go and I buy a shirt. Okay. 
uh, because I'm not a person who, who sews, I don't go go out and buy thread and a sewing machine and all this stuff and then sew a shirt. You know what I'm saying? I like it pre-made. So I like my vegans pre-made, okay? I want, uh, I want a friend who's already vegan before I meet them. I don't want to have to transform thread into a shirt. I don't want to have to transform a carnist into a vegan. Why can't they be that way already? Because I'll tell you the truth, Monique, they should have been a vegan whether or not I existed. They should have already, you know, I should not have to be Thank the savior you. of the world. Yes. Absolutely, I feel the same way. And you know, I was watching something on C-SPAN tonight, and it was about all the lies that are in this presidential administration and that lies that other presidents have said and whatnot. But it was saying that the culture today actually has an expectation of lies. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, why it's so difficult for me, because I'm not a liar. Like, in the beginning of this, I felt very bad and said I had a teeny taste. I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, I I feel bad. Like, I don't want to lie. It doesn't, because it doesn't sit right with me. You know, yeah. We've talked about before where yeah. they say people with Asperger's, like, can't lie or whatnot. Yeah. I have no idea if I have. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you know, here's... I don't know. Yeah, I, ha I, have a, I have a few examples of what you're talking about, okay? You know how somebody will cook somebody a meal, and then they'll ask if they, if they like it. And, if the, and the thing is, even if they don't like the taste of it, they lie. They say they love it when they don't. People, that's one uh, example of a common lie. Another ex a common example of lie is, do these pants make me look fat? And that's one of those questions you can't win, because if you say if you if you say yes, they're mad, and if you say no, if it, then it implies that it's not the pants that make them fat; they really are fat. You know, there's a possibility that they're not fat, and their pants don't make them look fat. But either way, when there's a person who asks you that kind of question, they're not a reasonable person to begin with. Or why would they ask you such a silly question? <laughs> I really only enjoy eating by myself, to be frank with you, or somebody that understands the organic and vegan aspect. I mean, even today, I'm gracious that they had some something vegan for me, but I was thinking, like, is this organic? Just, I mean, I'm very concerned about that, too. There's too many things that can come down with all these chemicals sprayed, and the food and drink and you know that wells up in your body and I have to be careful yeah anybody could pass away at any moment or whatnot from anything but it's like as long as I'm here I want to make sure that my body is taken care of because it's too much hassle and too much expense for it to like you know to yeah and in fact you know what I had um an experience this was some weeks ago I don't drink coffee. I used to have a little bit, but I had been rear-ended in an accident, and I got sensitive to caffeine. I never had a lot of caffeine, I'm telling you, but I would have a little coffee. And I remember that I had almost fainted. Well, I did. I, like, bumped my head on the floor from after having coffee. 
And also, I used to have like a half a glass or even maybe a full glass of wine per day. That came from the Italian of my mother. And after that accident, I couldn't do it. I was very sensitive to, um, you know, these, these feelings. So I stopped. Well, the only coffee that I ever have is there's a store called Trader Joe's, and they'll give you like little sample cups. So I can have like a little sample. It's not the whole thing. Now, Pep Boys, they give you free coffee when you get your car fixed. And so one day, um, the guy at the Pep Boys, he gave me an eight ounce glass. Of course, I watched him do it because I don't trust anybody, you know, with drugging and whatnot. But anyway, I'm like, oh, I only want it four ounces because he was, he was fixing the machine. But I said, well, maybe I'll just sip it, you know, slowly. And I did, and it was okay. So the next time I went in, I thought, oh, I guess maybe I'm okay with eight ounces. And I put sugar in it because, well, it tastes better. And um, that evening, I started getting dehydrated because I'd barely eaten anything. And then when I got, I was at a movie theater, I was eating salty popcorn and some pretzels. And I fainted. And I'm just telling you that because, I mean, thank God I was with a friend who is a vegan vet. And I, like, lost control. And I won't tell you everything, but let's just, let's just say that there was some liquid around, and which I had to clean up. And um, when you have a scare like that, you really realize, you know, just how precious you have to be with your body. You know, I thought, okay, well, maybe I have a tolerance now I could do No, I don't. And, I mean, some people say that coffee is good in moderation and whatnot. I say maybe like a tiny bit, but anything that is going to, like, alter you, I feel, probably doesn't have a place in your body. You know what I'm saying? Unless it makes you feel really great naturally so that's why I say and I know that you if you want to mention about your D DS the initials you can but I I just feel that anything that maybe is I know that caffeine is natural to an extent but I don't know the way they process the coffees and alcohols I just I just think that anytime you're getting some sort of a I don't know, it just seems unnatural, you know, like, it just, it, it doesn't, it's not good for your body. I mean, I do get a jolt out of superfoods when I have that in my brain, like, it's good, but that's not the same as, like, a sugar jolt or a caffeine jolt or, you know, the alcohol. So, yeah, I mean, says this is why Seventh-day Adventists are who they are, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you 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 got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, and and you and you usually know you you know if if you've eaten or drinking something that is not good for your body, you're gonna know it because something weird is gonna happen, like what you just described. Um, by the way, I need to use the restroom. I'll be back. <laughs> you can entertain our okay, audience. Okay, let's keep talking. Yeah. Okay. So, so yes, yes uh, ladies and gentlemen, no holding back, back on this show, right? Although I. I've tried to keep it as discreet as possible. Um, I'm wearing red because, yeah, it's Christmas today. And uh, where's the green? 
Where is the green? It's in its roots. And we don't, we don't get, um, one thing that I'm glad about, we don't get Christmas trees anymore because I, um, you know, I, I convinced my family it's just not right to chop down the tree and then just to put it out, which always made them sad anyway. So, you know, leave the trees alone. Unless it's rooted, then maybe it's okay, but, you know, I just feel that the tree should probably stay where its tree belongs, right? Yeah, I feel plants have feelings too, that's been proven to an extent, so. Um, but, you know, if you, if you do fall back over the holidays, if you're a brand new vegan or even an old vegan, don't just give it all up because you fell back, you know, it's just, just like exercising. Once you're on a roll and you're doing it every day and whatnot, you're feeling good, you're looking good most of the time, then you might stop for a day or so, and then all of a sudden you completely give it up. Yeah, I've done that too. Don't do that for the vegan thing. Not just because of your body, but because of what it does to these sentient beings. You know, sentient beings are what the New Zealanders now call the animals. They have been recognized as sentient beings. And all sentient beings have feelings. So we have to respect them. I was just telling uh, them that if they fall back over the holidays for whatever reason, not to give up. You know, because that's what some people do. They fail and then they give up. But this is one thing that they can't give up because it's not just that they're giving up like on their personal health. They're giving up on treating animals kindly. And kindly, I mean just, I don't even want to say, you know, sometimes I think to myself, we, we say, oh, be compassionate. But just like you said a while ago in the show, it's like, you know, you just don't want to murder and rape. Yeah. That's not even about being compassionate. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. It should be, it should be law. You know, compassion is like, oh, I understand you were late because you know this and this yeah. happened. It's okay. That's compassionate. Right. Yeah. Compassionate. Like, you know. Yeah. Think about it. Th yeah. Think about this. All these things that we consider good things, like okay, let's let's talk some My Little Pony for a little while. Okay, we got the elements of uh, elements of harmony, harmony. You know, uh, kindness, honesty, generosity, loyalty. Um, there was another one. Oh, laughter. That was another one. Apparently, that's that's an element of friendship is laughter. Yeah, you know, it's like. But think about this. Why, like, think about, well, let's take honesty, because honesty is probably my, my favorite, if, uh, you know, definitely one of my favorites of the elements of harmony. But isn't honesty just telling the truth, not lying? Why, like, think about it. The very fact that they have to have a pony who's honest, like, shouldn't we all be that way? Should, yeah, like, shouldn't, we should. I mean, shouldn't, like, it, see, people have this idea that, so, like certain people are virtuous and they, and they're honest and kind, and like that's acceptable. That once in a while there's a person who who's kind. But when I say that, I, I think I, I mean for my idea of kindness is simply, hey, how about just not hurting anybody? You know, I I, I don't think it's some kind of magic un, uh, unobtainable thing. 
I and and like with love, like everyone has their idea of love, and I think, well, isn't love really just treating somebody as an equal? Isn't that treating them the way you'd want to be treated, the golden rule? Isn't that it? Because if people keep thinking that love is some some far off thing, like like it's a feeling that comes and goes, and you love somebody, then you hate him the next day, or like. Like, if that's love, then that's not worth having. That's not worth wanting if that's what love is, you know? Exactly. So, so I, I would just say that, uh, you know, being vegan, you know, we, we're loving the animals. And we're, that means we're just not – we're just caring about them and not, we don't want to hurt them. That's, that's really it. I, I wanted to say, too, I called Smithfield Farm who owns Farmer John's. And I told them, well, I asked the customer representative, I said, what makes your company think that it's okay to sell other beings' bodies that don't belong to you? And one of them said, well, we're guardians of the animals. I said, okay, you're guardians? Does that mean you kill them? She hung up on me. Yep. I called again. I made three calls. The one... Um, person that was the last person was a supervisor and I told her what this person had said she's like well we're not supposed to give you know opinions out like that I'm I'll have to talk to her and I said well can you please tell me and I asked the same question what makes your company allow you to think that it's okay to sell other beings bodies I mean you don't own the bodies and she said we legally own the hogs that's what she said to me. Yeah. And, I mean, this is just horrible because even though legally, I gather, in this country, they own the hogs, yeah. they don't, like, from a metaphysical standpoint, they do not own the hog. Yeah. The hog owns his or her own body. Yeah. See, okay, okay, so this is the thing. First of all, the concept of ownership and all laws were made up by humans. Every see, first of all, humans, everything that people think has value, their laws and their politics and their words and their dictionaries, humans made up all that. So yeah, humans just declared themselves owners of the hogs or everything else. And and, and you know, I, this I gotta say. Now, like, how can People, you know, there's a lot of feminists in the world now. How can they continue to uh, promote the idea uh, that women have the right to their own body while they're not acting like the animals have the right to their body? We got to be equal here, you know. Absolutely. Back in 2006, I made that connection when I saw how couldn't get up from being over milk. You know, I just don't understand why all the other animals. Females can't see it that way or care about it. You know, Pink, she is, I don't know if she's vegan now, but she's at least vegetarian. She's, you know, a musician, and she's been a vegetarian for years. And she had in one video where, I mean, she was trying to put a message out there where all the women were being, being milked for the cows. But yet, from what I understand, she's a vegetarian. So what does that mean? I mean, is she? Ha I don't know if she has dairy or not. Like, I, I just, 
I don't understand why people can't make these connections and then act on them accordingly. You know, it's very weird. I think a lot of people, well, they're not like you and I. They are just doing their life and their business, and then, you know, occasionally they might come across something that makes them think about things. They may go vegetarian, they may even go vegan, but I think what happens is that for a lot of these people, that's not their primary focus. You know what I mean? Whereas with, with people like us, we put it as a primary focus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See, yeah, see, here's the thing is, like, 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 we already know what a committed vegan you are, obviously. You, you, you have suffered financially so much because of it. Because, you know, of running into people who didn't like your veganism and your industries and stuff. Whereas, my thing is, such a large majority of what I do in the time when I'm not working is I'm doing podcasts and recording videos and, and posting on social media. Doing so, I use the internet mostly just to be able to speak things that I never have a chance to say otherwise. Right. You know, it, it's very weird. Like, for example, my recent video, I don't know if you saw it, but the video about vaccines that I talked about recently. Oh, and, and yeah, that I think that was just yesterday actually. Um, where I was explaining that, you know, a lot of vegans don't realize that, yeah, animals are killed in the process of in the production of vaccines. And I was reading from a, a link on the Fed Food and Drug Administration website, the FDA, that explains about how animals are used and, and how viruses are bred in animal bodies. And all this really gross stuff and how they feed these viruses blood and stuff. And people are not aware of this stuff you know that yes it requires animal bodies it, it, it a, a vegan cannot accept a vaccine because yeah they're literally consuming um animal parts basically when they have these viruses injected into them and so it's 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 one of those crazy things and I, after I learned about that, it's like, well, I was never, I was never into vaccines anyway. I never got a flu shot anyway because I was never just really into. It. I didn't think it necessary. But after I found out how vaccines are produced, then now I'm an anti-vaxer. And so when my friend had posted about Tara Strong, the voice actress that does several cartoon characters, people were getting mad at her because she was she was concerned about ingredients in some vaccines so then all sorts of people were mad at her calling her an anti-vaxxer and she's not against vaccination but so my friend sent sent me a link about about, about the, sent me some stuff about what's happening on twitter so i looked it up and then i just kind of did my own response video about this topic and tried to educate people i don't know if anyone listens but it's like seriously, I'm we we're not making this stuff up. You can get onto government websites, you can get on medical websites that tell you how vaccines are produced. This, you know, and what we do as vegans, this is all based in fact. We're just telling people, well, yeah, here's here's how animals have to die in order for you to get these products, and animals die for you to get these vaccines, and all these things. We just point out factual information, and then people call us the extremists. They just don't like being shown how what they're doing is supporting murder it's weird like now there is a certain type of person who's very interesting
There are those people who they're just like, yeah, I support Murr, but I don't care. I'm a bad person. There are those people who are out there. Like, a lot of people aren't that way. They want to view themselves as a good person, so then when somebody points out that they're they're supporting murder and rape or something that's obviously wrong, they try to deny it and they try to justify it. There is a certain class of sociopaths out there. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I murder and rape all kinds of animals, and, and I, you know, I'll rape and murder other humans, too, if, if I have the chance. There are people who are honest enough to admit that. There are people who are on, and to tell you the truth, I actually like those people better than the people who play all these mental gymnastics and mind games where they try to justify their murder. Other people are like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I do these things, but I don't care. I just, I just, you know, I don't care if I kill. I don't care if I rape. I, I, I admire them. At least I respect their honesty, whereas I respect nothing about those other people. <laughs> I see what you're saying, and you're get out of their way. Yeah, it's like, well, thanks for the warning. Now, now I now I know that you're a sociopath, and you don't care who you hurt. So it's like, okay, I have nothing left to say to you. <laughs> see, look here, the vegan message um, only goes out to people who have a conscience. You have to, you have to have a conscience. You have to, at some level have some desire to where you don't want to hurt someone you know and it's uh, so that's just the thing is it's like a, lo a lot of a lot of uh, vegans we are we're not we're not heartless to begin with we all cared about you know we were all generally good to other humans in our lives and, and a lot of vegans already of course cared about the cruelty done to dogs or cats or common animals like that but just weren't aware of the cruelty done to the other animals so then as we learn more our circle of compassion uh, extends to more and more species as we learn but you have to have something there to begin with you have to have the the moral material there to begin with or you can't become a vegan because if you just don't care, you can't change. You have to care. That's right. That's right. And going back to how people expect people to be liars, I guess because there's quite a lot of people that don't care. Yeah. If it doesn't really affect them, then they don't care. They don't like to be lied to if it personally affects them, you know? Yeah. But people kind of expect lies. I don't know. I think back in the day, people didn't lie as much. I truly, truly feel that. I wasn't there. But I mean, like George Washington, supposedly he said, I cannot tell a lie. I just think that there were more people back before that were more honest. And what's gotten in the way is pretty much economics. Yeah. It's very interesting. I imagine you've seen that movie with Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar. It, no, I never saw it. That, now, that's really hard to believe that you haven't seen that movie. Cause <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty famous movie. Um, well, see, but I'll just, I'll just run over it very briefly here. Basically, Jim Carrey plays this lawyer who's a liar. Okay, he's a lawyer, and he lies all the time to win in court. And he lies in his own personal life. He, he lies to his ex-wife. He li lies to his, his son. He lies to all kinds of people everywhere. But then, you know, his son 
um, makes a birthday wish that for one day his father can't tell a lie. So then what ends up happening is he's unable to lie. He's actually incapable of lying. Every time he speaks, he tells the, tr the, tr the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And so it leads to some very funny scenarios, but what ends up happening is he, fi is he finds out that the, that the truth is pretty cool. And he, be and he becomes an honest person. And then he wins, he even, he even wins his court case, um, you know, without having to lie. But then he realized that he's made a mistake in who he was defending. It was still not right. It was very, very sad, that part of it. But, but in that movie, he said something, and what you were talking about reminded me of it. You know, he told his son that everybody lies, that, you know, people have to lie. So like he see he believed in that movie like that people need to lie and like really do people need to lie? Yeah, sure. The, sure, they need to lie the same way they need meat and cheese and and sex and and vaccines. Yeah, sure, they need it like they need those other things. Yeah, really. Yeah, come on. I had a lawyer for that same accident when I was rear-ended who said um, that the truth is I think she thought I was too honest. By the way, she's since lost her license. I I had mentioned something, and um, and so did another party. It was it was pretty bad. I I do feel that there are too many attorneys out there that you know it's just it's just awful. The way they get paid is to make things go around in circles until nobody understands like the truth anymore yeah but is, isn't it weird like the concept of being a lawyer i realized that i would never make it as a lawyer but even if i if i went to law school learned the law and the legal system i couldn't be a lawyer why because i would get no business because <laughs> Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able. I would not defend somebody in court. I would not be someone's lawyer unless I believed them to be innocent. I would have to believe that they were innocent and didn't commit the crime, and then exactly. I would, and then I would try to defend them in court and try to prove their innocence. I would, I would have to believe they're innocent. Whereas lawyers today, they want to make money, so they don't care whether their client actually did the crime or not. They don't care who's innocent or guilty. They care about winning their case, and that's all. So. And Teach them. Yeah. The so the teach truth them. goes out the window in law, in court, and in, in law, the truth goes out the window. Oh God, this is horrible. You know, Harvard has a um, a new program though for animal activism or law or something. I'm gonna have to look that up. I mean, if it really is ethical, I wonder if they give scholarships because I just feel that it's just been so difficult for me with this acting. You know, I have to say no to things and have to let you know, to explain myself and to find people that are like-minded and then to make money off it to boot. It's so hard. And then, well, I mean, the school system, to have to see the breakfasts in there and not to really be, I mean, I try to make a difference. There's only so much that I can do, though. We already talked about this. So yeah. I'm just the type of person that I want it done my way because I believe that it's the ethical way to do things.
I like to speak out about things. I don't like to have to keep quiet about things if I see something is really wrong. Why should people have to live like this? Why should I have to see them, like, see the suffering that is caused? Why should I have to suppress the truth? I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's why this show is so important to me. You know, I can't promote it, per se, like, in the job that I, you know, the school system. Hopefully somebody will just come across it. <laughs> But <laughs> it's not hard to find us. It's really not. If if you, it's not it's not hard for people to find our podcast if they know our names. It's not hard. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So that so that's the thing is if somebody gets on Google or YouTube and start start starts searching for Monique Lukens or Chandler Klebs or, or my new name Chastity White Rose, either way they're gonna find our podcast. <laughs> maybe I could. Maybe I could um, Scholarship. Scholarship. I'll have to think about, about that. that. I, I think, think I, I'm deserving, deserving of a scholarship, scholarship for animal activism, for sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, everybody knows who you are. You're even on the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> yeah, I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm on some vegetarian vegan website for being a vegan celebrity. I'll have to give you that link. Did I ever show that to you? Um, you probably did, but I don't remember. And okay. Then, and then and then there's your broad jam, you know, all that all that music you made and stuff. It's like you are so talented. You're just out there everywhere. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to share something else with you before we go because um oh gosh, what the heck was it? We've gone over so much. I think it had something to do with cel- Oh yeah, celibacy. Okay. So there's this Facebook group called um well, I don't know if I want to give them away. It's a celibate group. The group you invited and me to? What? The group you invited me to? Yes. That yes. one? And yeah. this person says, uh, Monique Lukens, you don't get to define celibacy, which means uh, if you're celibate, you're unmarried. Because I was talking, I mean, yeah, you're unmarried. Because I was mentioning that you can, you know, have a celibate um, marriage and whatnot. And I gave our show link. And... Well, one of the definitions is celibacy means unmarried, but that's not all of them. Yeah. And this this person was getting so she she sounded like she was you know yelling at me. Oh you know, yeah. In the writing, and I'm thinking, how come somebody that is of a like mind at least that likes celibacy, why is she getting mad at me? Why yeah. is she like smacking my face with like, oh well, you know, pretty much you're wrong. Uh- why? That's so yeah, I saw that and I'm and I'm like, what why would this person be so weird? And first of all, if if somebody gets on Google like I do and look up celibacy, and I've looked up several different words. Um, but the thing is, yes, every word is gonna have more than one definition. But here's the thing, yeah, there's more than one definition of celibacy, and yes, one one definition state about being married, but the other definition is, you know, is basically not having sex, you know. And, well, here's what I think is, I actually think that both of those definitions, there's a way that those two definitions fit together, although they're different. And here's what I mean. First of all, society thinks that marriage means having sex. That's what they think marriage is about. So they think that 
somebody who's married is in a sexual relationship. So by that definition, if marriage is a sexual relationship, then yes, um, not being in a sexual relationship means that you're unmarried. So basically, according to that person's reasoning, the definition they're using, you might be legally married to somebody, but you would still be unmarried because you're not having sex with them. So that's how, that's how I look at that situation. Why that person was so hostile to you, I won't get it. However, I do see how, I think I can figure out what might have been going on in her brain with regard to that. Just because that's what people think. They think marriage is about sex, whereas people like you and I say, well, why can't there be a solid marriage? And, and, we, and I know precisely what we mean. We mean that, you know, the companionship, the relationship, the friendship where you spend your life with someone, but like a married couple, but you don't have sex. So I totally believe in a celibate marriage as a possibility, of course, but other people haven't haven't gotten their brain evolved to that point of thinking and realizing it's possible. <laughs> well, maybe you should comment on that. Another thing I wanted to mention too, I just remembered was um, the whole vegan thing was, you know, the friends that aren't from the childhood and whatnot. And, um, I said, I said to a few, I, I said, you know, let's go bowling. Um, I'm a vegan and I'm not going to go anywhere, you know, that has any sort of animal products. And I said, I've, you know, I've known you, you know, long enough and it, it hurts me that you still can't see this. And one of them said, oh, you know, I'm eating less meat and I, I eat free range chicken now. And I put out a link that um, free range tricking is, is not what you think. A lot of times they, they, don't, they still don't have space. There's a little bit more requirements. They have to be outdoors and they can't be in the cages, but that doesn't mean that they have space and it's still in you mean. Yeah, so, yeah see, here, okay, here's- Manslaughter this, is a lie. Animals do not want to die. Yeah, absolutely. See, here's the deal. This, okay, this free range thing is so weird. Because you, you worked in a supermarket, so yeah, yes, yes, and and I know the free range. First of all, free range, it ha, that that term has no effect upon me, quite honestly, because I'm against murder in principle to begin with. So it doesn't matter to me if an animal had a lot of space to walk around before it was killed because I don't agree with killing in the first place. And, and right. then you get another one, grass-fed. That's another one, grass-fed. Like, well, it was grass-fed. So, like, if you if you stuff um, uh, grass in a human's face, does that then give you the right to eat them? If they're, well, it was grass-fed human and then I killed it. It's okay because it was grass-fed. It was a, a free-range gra grass-fed or, or organic human that I slaughtered and ate for Thanksgiving. Like, does that make it okay? No. 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 And by the way, you know, I just thought about it. As opposed to what? Eating seeds or hay? Or like, what? As opposed to what? Like, for yeah. themselves? As opposed to being cannibals? Because that has happened, too. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. They've eaten their own. Yeah. That's the thing is that, yeah, I, I have read about that. Where, where cow disease came from. Yeah. Yeah, because they... Um, yeah, because they will grind grind up the the, the, the bodies of the of uh, some some cows, and then they'll feed them to the other cows. And the cows, of course, don't know what they're eating. 
you know, they, they don't realize what they're being fed and they, they have to eat whatever the humans give them, of course. But it's like, how weird is that that humans are feeding cows to other cows? That, and so they're forcing them into a weird cannibalism situation. And, and like, for example, now I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that um, the HIV virus originally uh, began because some, some humans were eating monkey meat. They were eating um, the meat of monkeys somewhere that had this virus in it. And then that, that's what, that, what happened with the first occurrence of the HIV, you know, the AIDS, uh, AIDS uh, disorder comes from. And then it's been sexually transmitted mostly ever since then. It's become one of the biggest sexually transmitted diseases, you know, AIDS, that HIV virus. And it started with monkey meat, supposedly. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very bizarre. But then people then you know they pass on these viruses through these sexually transmitted diseases and it's so weird and it's i find it very bizarre because you know the health reasons alone are a good reason to be celibate just mm -hmm. all the diseases yeah. that are out there yeah absolutely i'm glad that you say that that and that's a perfect note to leave off on because again even if you're married there's still things that one can get from intercourse it does not matter if you are just with each other you know we've mentioned this a few times scientists went over to south america came back he had the zika disease didn't know it transmitted it to his wife now yeah some i read that article zika, yeah some people say the zika virus was made up or whatnot i don't want to get into that part but there was a news article that said he transmitted it. And of course, it's always going to be more difficult for females. Of course. You know, because it's an internal thing. There's yeast infections, there could be cysts and whatnot. It doesn't matter if your husband is clean, things happen. And I'm sure things can happen to the guy too, just not less likely. So it's just, it's just such a good health practice. It really, really is. Again, I just don't understand if people really love each other and want to show physical affection, don't put yourself into this like situation that has health risks to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could get health risks just touching somebody if they're unclean, if you know, if you think about it, but Yeah. I, I don't even like shaking hands with people. I honestly don't. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where those hands have been. <laughs> that's true that's true you know a lot of actually casting directors they don't want to shake your hand because they see like a hundred people in a day or whatnot so that that's been told in, in acting classes don't put out your hand you know don't make them think that you know you want a handshake but uh, yeah like I mean if you're in, in an intimate relationship with somebody you know I mean hopefully you know um, if they have like some sort of skin eating disease or, you know, like, like wash your hands before we cuddle or what, whatever. But as far as like the intercourse is concerned, you really don't have, you, you really don't have knowledge of what could go wrong in that moment. You just don't. Yeah. So 
Why? You know, it's it's not a hypochondriac thing. It's just it's just a logical thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so it's so simple. It's it's so basic, you know. There, there's so many good reasons to be celibate, and there's so many good reasons to be vegan. See, here's the thing: is with with every reason that I do something, first first of all, now I would like to live in a world where I could where I could be celibate and a vegan, and not have to explain it. It's, yeah, I'm tired of explaining. Yeah, it, it would it would be it would be said, really like yeah. You, know, it, you see your family, you say it a few times, but it's like it's very tiring. Yeah. to have to keep explaining over and over and over and then get all into all these debates and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's 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 very bizarre. I mean, because the, I would say the vegan thing uh, comes up a lot more than the celibate thing, obviously, just because f everything is, especially on the holidays, centered around food. So every time you're with, uh, with if you're at coworkers and there's an, uh, if you're at work and the coworkers are having a food event, well, then well, well, aren't you going to eat turkey? I'm like, no, I don't eat any animal products. And they're like, what? And then they want, and then all of a sudden I'm on the spot having to explain in front of huge groups of people, and I'm like, oh no, I don't, I don't eat any animal product. I don't, I don't eat meat, cheese, eggs, honey, because and I and because you know I know, and then I go into a big old speech about it this happened this has happened at work sometimes and they don't want to hear about it and, and you and so finally they quit asking because I've scared them off you know and and, 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 and and you know what I'm think you know what I think you know you know what happens with me at that moment I think you weaklings you can't handle the truth you know go off and just do your own thing and I'm usually just sitting off by myself and just and I'm just glad I scared them away I, I will do anything I can to, to scare people away so they'll quit asking me questions. Like seriously, and, and okay, and I need, and I need to, I need to figure out what to write to add eight pages to my book so that I can make a paperback version of The Vow of Chastity. So that I can just order myself a bunch of copies of this book so every time somebody keeps asking me if I'm gonna get married or date or have sex or all these things, I can just give them a copy of this book and ex and that explains my multiple reasons for not wanting to have sex. Just have a book, so because it takes too much time to be telling people uh, yeah, every time. It's like I just I know <laughs> it's energy. It's way too much. Yeah, some relatives were given sharing honey yesterday. I kept my mouth shut for that. Thank goodness I didn't get it for the gift. I almost thought that I was going to, you know. Then I'd have to like say I'm sorry. And, oh, thank God. Yeah. What you what you want to something interesting, okay? So here's the thing is that um my mom would get certain things like, you know, f food pantries or whatever that would get free food would would give her a turkey or something around the holidays. I remember and remember you talking about that. Oh yeah, I told you about this, didn't I? So I'll repeat this for our audience. If, uh, yeah. So here's the thing is so they, you know, we my mom would be getting um the these free turkeys you know every every year and stuff like that and so so here's what happened o over over the years things would get, like you know sometimes okay so she, well it was given to her so she would cook and eat it and then she wouldn't feel so well after that because she's not used to eating meat you know she's she's her digestive system has changed so where it's like when she does eat something non-vegan then she she knows she doesn't feel so great afterwards you know 
and, and but and so then you know what started happening is well she knew I wouldn't eat it and she didn't want to eat it anymore so then we would find someone to give it to so then so then I would call Lucas <laughs> and I'm like okay so we were given this we were given this turkey that we, we don't want so we need to get rid of it so does your family want it <laughs> That's what that's what happened because that's the thing is you know he he knows that I'm vegan and that I don't eat that and he knows my mom doesn't eat it so it's like well we don't want to eat this animal because we think it's wrong we know it's not healthy so do you want it? <laughs> it's, yeah, I can't eat. I can't pass it along to people. Yeah, I would have to like put it outside for an animal to eat, but not for a human. I know. I See, he, you, on that information. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, see, here's the here's the thing about it. So that so that's what would happen, you know, is that non-human animal. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we you know we would find someone to give it to since we didn't want it. And you know what? Finally, um, you know, my mom and I had to talk about this very thing, and it's like, well, I feel kind of weird about it because I really don't like how awkward it is. Because here I'm saying that you know it's I don't want to eat this. So when I get so when I so when I when I give um, somebody something, if if I'm giving somebody a turkey or a chicken or whatever, when because I clearly am against it and I don't want to eat it myself, then to give that to them is almost like just basically throwing garbage at them. It's almost more of an insult to give it to them, you know. And so finally, we just started throwing that stuff away. You know, because or you could bury, bury it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but see, that's by the, the. By the way, there's a petition out there. Did you see it to stop using pliers to um, cut the necks of turkeys? Horrible. Oh. Pliers. In that industry. Oh man, yeah. See, but that's the thing, though, is, you know, my mom would always make it very repeatedly. And see, here, here's the thing is when when you're poor and you can't always afford all your own food, you know, that's what would happen is you, my mom would go to churches and, and, you know, she would get free food. And she would tell she would tell people that she was vegan or vegetarian, but they didn't know what that was. Nobody in these places knew. Some of them, some of them knew what vegetarian was. And so it, they would give us all kinds of junk that they didn't know anything about it and yeah. and they, they some of them had a real attitude problem too and they're like well you should be grateful for anything we give you and they were mean they were mean to my the mother yeah they were they were t- they were horribly mean to my mom my mom was crying my mom was very upset about how these christians in these churches that are they act like oh well we're doing you a service by giving you food so you shouldn't be picky beggars can't be choosers so they were the they were so cruel to, to my mom and i told my mom I don't want you to have to do this. I want us to have enough money so that we can buy all our own food vegan so you don't have to go to the, these places and be treated this way. That's what I yeah. told her. You know, that's well, the th- Yeah, because I don't I don't see I wouldn't I could never I could never endure that kind of treatment and I didn't want my mom to have to do that either. You know, and so that's the thing is I I think hopefully we will not be in a situation for that to happen. Anymore. Financially, assuming things keep going well with my job and all this stuff, we, we won't ever have that situation. But how awful is that, that poor people um, are treated this way and they have to eat non-vegan food because they, they 
can't make enough money to buy all oh, their food. Oh, I remember in an acting class there was a casting director and he said that he offered something to a homeless person and the homeless person said, oh no, I'm vegan. And like, he's like, oh, I mean, I would think you'd be grateful. Beggars can't be choosers. And the whole class laughed but me. And I picked up for this homeless person. I said, well, you know, um, it's it's a thing for the animals and too. And I don't know. He's just, I don't remember. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, yeah. See, see. First of all, we need we need, we need to find that homeless person and, and give them a good vegan meal. You know. Spe speaking of which, okay. So I had a weird thing happen um, tonight. So this cat showed up. You might have you might have seen the pictures I posted on Facebook. This cat showed up, and the thing is, you know, I I, I, I couldn't risk letting it in my apartment. I knew that it probably has an owner because it because I think all the apartments look the same. It probably thought this was where it lived, and it was it, it was out there, and it was it was it was like it was expecting me to let it in, um, but it didn't know who I was, and when I would come close, it would run away. But um, so you know, I posted on Facebook and I posted on Nextdoor.com that shows the local neighborhood stuff, um, you know, in case someone of my neighbors might see it if it's their cat. So I tried to do in case somebody could find this cat because it probably belongs to someone. And I also threw a slice of bread out there for it to eat because I wanted to offer it something. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like it's it's just very interesting because yeah, this poor cat. And I wanted to help it, but I, I there's only so much I can do, you know, because I I I I don't I'm not equipped to take care of a cat anyway. First of all, and I and we can't have. We can't have animals in these apartments without paying a pet deposit. So even if I wanted to take it in until I find another home, I'm not like legally allowed to do that. So it's 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 it just makes me think about it. And I, so I think of that cat the same way as some homeless person, some homeless human. And it's like, you know, it's just it's sad. Um, Years ago, I almost had a part-time job taking care of a cat while someone was on their vacation. But they wanted me to feed the cat some chicken feed. And I said I couldn't. I said I'll feed the cat some vegan food, but I can't. Never heard from her, by the way. So it goes to show you where animals, you know, they yeah. eat what they're given. It's the same thing yeah. as what, you know, is same for kids. Yeah. See, here's the thing is I feel bad for these other animals because now, first of all, dogs and cats are more privileged than other species just because people generally view their lives as being more valuable and they take care of those pets. However, I wouldn't want to be a dog or cat because I would be at the mercy of humans to feed me because I as a human have the chance to work my job, earn my money, and buy my own food, whereas those other animals don't have that. So I would never want to be in their position. How sad is that? But like, yeah, if I did have a dog or cat, you know, I would be feeding them vegan too, you know? And that's just the thing. And there, there, I mean, there are there are vegans out there that they still do feed their their animals, you know, meat and stuff, mm -hmm. because they they don't they don't have enough information yet to know what to feed them yet. Some people that it's more of a temporary temporary thing, and some people believe, for example, that cats um, have to be have to be fed meat. They think that they actually need need it. However, technically. Right. 
Yeah, t yeah, t yeah. Technically, they they just need certain amino acids that their body doesn't produce. But there are vegan sources of that in ways that there are ve vegan cat and dog foods that are e much much better for them. And besides, if a long time ago, this was man, I was a teenager. I went to the pet food aisle and I looked at the cans of dog and cat food and I looked at the ingredients. There's like alligator meat and weird. There, there's there's all sorts of weird animals like from strange countries, and I'm like, people are feeding these animals to these other animals, like that, like, like I I, I can't get I couldn't get that concept even back then, like, I, and I, and I wasn't vegan, I wasn't even vegetarian back then, but I got that got me thinking, like, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't feed a, a dog or a cat this stuff i would i probably would feed him plants or something you know like you're I, a very smart person chandler you've made some early connections even if you didn't weren't able to act on all of those i gotta yeah and back then i didn't have access to the internet either you know i didn't have access to the internet for, mo for most most of my early life but once I got into my 20s and, you know, we, start, we started getting an internet connection, we, we had dial-up internet for a while, but I started learning all kinds of amazing things online, you know. The internet changed my life, so I've learned so much and come so far. But I started seeing certain things, you know, early on that didn't make sense. Well, I believe our episode is going to wind up now so that you can listen to the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, Chandler, that I'm just so glad that we're doing this show again, and I hope that we were able to help someone who might be suffering <laughs> over the holidays, uh, you know, going through the same thing, going to the family, they're not receptive of it, and you're not alone, they're not alone, and I would just hope that they can share this link even if, you know, they go away and then they share it, you know, later on. Yeah. <laughs> they share it during their holiday gathering. Oh, yeah. They might be persecuted for that, too. But I, I think it's important that this link be shared. And you know what? I think I'm going to share it to some friends. Yeah. Or, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'll either, like, make them completely go away from me or there'll be, like, some changes. Just well, like it's, you, a, right? it's a, it's a win-win. It's t it's totally a win-win because either you change change them and they go vegan, or they they get scared off and don't talk to you. So it's you can't handle the truth. Yeah, you can't handle the truth, you weaklings. V veganism is for the strong. <laughs> Not everybody can be as great as us. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, and you know, some of my friends are really you know from from yesteryear they're really intelligent people so I just don't get it when went to an Ivy League I'm gonna share this with her I don't understand why you're still not vegan but um yeah I mean th and this is nothing new I've been talking about this for almost two decades and you know you look younger a lot of times when you're vegan too look at Greta from Sweden she oh looks yeah like she's 12 She's what, 16? Yeah, 17? she's 16. I mean, so, so to be fair, she's she's young because, come on, 16 is young, obviously. But she looks even younger than that. She, she looks like 11 or 12 years old, you know? 
Yeah, and then some people might think, oh, well, that's not healthy if you're, like, 16 or 17 and you look like you're a preteen. And why? I mean, why do people have to look a certain way by a certain age? And then you have older people trying to look younger anyway, so that doesn't make sense. You know, I've never understood this. Kids want to be grown-ups, and grown-ups want to be kids. I've never gotten this. Like, oh... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but this has actually been great fun talking like this. <laughs> yes. All right, well, have a happy rest of your holidays. Yeah, okay. happy vegan, miss. <laughs> happy, yeah, um, blessed vegan holidays. And, yeah, regardless of what your belief is, I hope they are blessed with happiness. And um, I just hope that we could change some people's minds with this podcast and at least comfort those who already are and going through some stuff yeah <laughs> all right all right monique and chandler celibate vegan voices cbb code okay. we'll check you out next time we all right bye everybody <laughs>